0: All right, let's go ahead and get started. Before we get started looking at the book of Deuteronomy, I'd like to just take a, a short period of time and pray and um, pray for our community and pray for the situation that we're in. Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in our midst. Lord, I thank you for all the ways that we see you working uh, in the midst of this this situation. Lord, I do pray right now for, first of all, for all of our church members who are in medicine, Lord, our nurses and doctors um, and those that work in the medical field, Lord, I pray that you would be with them, that you would give them energy, that you would give them rest, Lord, that uh, your blessing would be on them, your protection. Lord, I also pray for our first responders, our uh, firefighters and our policemen who are out uh, in the community every day, Lord, that you would protect them. Lord, we pray that uh, all of these folks who are being your hands and feet in our community would would be um, your ministers serving our community for you. Lord, I pray for uh, each member, Lord, that you would protect uh, our people from from this virus. And God, we pray that you would continue to use this to bring honor and glory to yourself. Lord, we pray especially right now for Rebecca uh, Lord, we thank you that she she has gotten her stem cell transplant this morning. And Lord, she's doing well. Lord, as they have another month of quarantine, God, that you would protect her. And Lord, we we look forward to seeing them sitting in our midst. Lord, I pray that you would soon uh, show mercy on our country and bring us back together as a church. Lord, I pray that you would give wisdom to those who are making decisions for our community. Lord, we pray for our governor and our our. our Mayor, Lord, we pray for our sheriff uh, and our president, God, that you would give them wisdom and guidance. Lord, I do pray for the families who've lost loved ones right now, Lord, that your comfort would be with them. And again, God, we just pray that somehow you would twist and turn this situation to where it would bring honor and glory to yourself. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you're doing amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, we're finishing up in the Pentateuch. We've looked at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now the final book of the Pentateuch, Deuteronomy. As we talk about the author of this book, it's Moses, uh, Moses 31.9, then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel. There's external evidence as verses are quoted from Deuteronomy attributed to, to Moses um, and as direct statements. So we see in Joshua 23.6, 1 Kings 2.3, Malachi 4.4, 4, uh, Matthew 19.7-8, and Romans 10.19, Uh, that from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that the authorship of Deuteronomy is given to Moses. So to me, it's a settled issue. To get into the details on uh, Moses' authorship of the Pentateuch, uh, go back and look at the Exodus video or look at the Exodus notes. Uh, The date as well, you can look back on that Exodus video as we talk about the date and timing of the Pentateuch. Uh, The date is around 1400 B.C., Um, the, what is happening here is the children of Israel have uh, now wandered for 40 years on the plains of Moab. Uh, Moses steps out and gives some sermons uh, that own the law, uh, and that is what the book of Deuteronomy is. Uh, the, the title of Deuteronomy is, is a translation from the Greek Septuagint, uh, meaning second law. And uh, it is Moses retelling of God's law. It's Moses uh, preaching back to the children of Israel the law of God that was given uh, on Sinai. Um, The name is derived from Deuteronomy 17, 18, uh, and I'll read it. Uh, When he, God, sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself a book in a book, a copy of this law approved by the Levitical priest. So, but Deuteronomy emphasizes that it's not a new law, that it's not superseding the law from Sinai, but it is uh, the preaching of the original law given at Sinai. There are more details that are given here. There's some more specific stuff that's given, but Deuteronomy is not a new law, but a, 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 a preaching from the old law. It, it, is, it has three sermons and two poetic poems about Israel's future. Uh, It is reflection on the nation's past mistakes and Moses urging the people not to repeat those errors Um, and warning them. Essentially, the whole theme of the book of Deuteronomy is, I set before you a blessing and a curse. And so we'll we'll see that as we kind of dig into the detail here. But Moses is taking the law that God gave the children of Israel and he's expanding that and expounding on that to the children of Israel just before this new generation is about to be uh, going into the promised land. So the outline of the book of Deuteronomy can really be based on those sermons, those those speeches. Uh, It starts out with a prologue in chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. these are the words that Moses spoke to all of Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness. And the Arabah opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizabab. So here you have uh, Moses, they, the children of Israel. Moses is coming to the end of his life. At the end of the book, we see Moses' death. Joshua is about to uh, take over at the end of the book and Moses is giving his final instructions to the children of Israel. So in that prologue, it kind of tells us where they are and what's going on, and then Moses' first sermon is the background. Again, you've got a new generation here, and so Moses is giving the background that's led them to where they are now. The theme of that first sermon is really remember remember what God has done for you. In any times of trial or uncertainty or change, it's really difficult. Change is so hard. And one of the best things to help us as we we look at change and, and things being different is to remember. One of the themes of the book of Hebrews that's repeated over and over and over again is remember. So you have this kind of thing that it would easy for us easy be easy for us to think of as a contradiction in the Bible that we forget those things that are behind but then at the same time we're told over and over in the Bible both in the Old and New Testament to remember the things that God has done so how is that possible how do we forget the stuff that's behind and yet remember so what we're not doing is living in the past uh, there's a lot of times when people will say to me, I remember back when I, you know, at camp, or I'll remember back during a revival series, or I remember back when this happened or that happened, and, and that time in my walk with God was awesome. But now it's, it's it, we're not looking back and living back then. There, there are a few things uh, that are more pathetic than somebody that lives in the past. When you see a 35, 40-year-old man wearing his letterman's jacket, that's pretty sad, we, we want to we remember what God has done, trust what God has done, uh, but we, we're not living in the past. We're not dwelling on the sins that we've committed in the past. We want to be wise and, and think about how to protect ourselves from repeating those sins. So if I've struggled with alcoholism in the past, that means I'm going to remember that, recognize that, and I'm not going to hang out in a bar. But at the same time, what I'm not going to do is let that cripple me. I'm not going to sit around and say, okay, I can't serve God because of these things I've done in the past. And so I think you can see that both of those are possible, both remembering and setting aside those things that are in the past. And Paul, uh, Moses starts out, his first, set of, his first sermon is to remind the children of Israel how God is faithful And remind them of the the mistakes that they made so that they can be avoided. Let me read from Deuteronomy 4. For ask now of the days that are past, which were before you. Since the day that God created man on the earth, and ask from one end of heaven to the other, whether such a great thing as this has ever happened or was ever heard of. Did any people ever hear the voice of a God speaking in the midst of the fire, as you have heard and still live? Or has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and by great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God, and there is no other beside him. So, Moses' first sermon is to tell the children of Israel and walk them through the story of God choosing them as a nation up to where they sit now in Moab. To walk them through those battles, to walk them through the trials and the way that God has provided. As we go through times right now in our country that are, that are seemingly unprecedented, it's a good idea for you to think about how often in your life God has been faithful and God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always been faithful to you as a believer and to his people, and he always will be. The second sermon is the covenantal stipulations, generally speaking. So he goes over the law, the general general law. If we're looking at the law, we talked about the moral law, the the civil law and the ceremonial law, Moses is going to go back over, generally speaking, what those laws are. The Ten Commandments are repeated, and and Moses reviews with them, if you will, the law that's been given to them. Now, this is the commandment in, in Deuteronomy 6. "...the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land in which you're going." to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your sons' sons, by keeping all the statutes of his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord your God of your fathers has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey." So this is one sermon, uh, Moses takes the first half of the sermon and goes over the general promises and then he takes the second half of the sermon and then goes over the specific promises and uh, specific covenant stipulations. And so he gets into detail of the way that the children of Israel should act when they get into the promised land. For example, in Deuteronomy 17, when you come to the land that the Lord your God is giving you and you possess it and dwell in it and then you say i will set a king over me like all the nations around me you may indeed set a king over you whom the lord your god will choose one from among your brothers you shall set him up as king you may not put a foreigner over you who is not your brother and so In the first half of this sermon, Moses goes over the general fact that God loves you. God's given you commandments. He's told you not to do these things and to do these things. In the second half of this sermon, what Moses does is he gets very specific. Now that you're going into the land that God has given you, let's take these general principles and apply them to specifics. If you call a king, this is the way he should act. This is who you can call, who you can't call. As you go into the land, this is what you can do, what you can't do. In chapters 27, all the way through chapter 28 uh, through chapter 30, rather, we have Moses' third sermon. The theme of that is, God has set before you a blessing and a curse specifically in this sermon, he goes over the curses and asks the children of Israel to repeat back to them that they understand. Let me give you an example. In Deuteronomy 27, Moses cries out, cursed be the man who makes a carved or cast metal image, an abomination to the Lord, a thing made by the hand of craftsmen, and sets it up in secret. And then all the people shall answer and say, amen. Cursed cursed be anyone who dishonors his father and mother and all the people say amen or so be it amen and the bible always means we agree we will follow this we will do this and so here Moses literally goes through repeats the law to the people they all agree we'll do that amen then he repeats the things that they have to do to be blessed they hear him and then they say amen they will do that and then at the end of that third sermon, Moses gives them a final exhortation. Uh, let me give you an example in Deuteronomy 29. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen all the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. But to this day the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear, so Moses in the closing part of this third sermon is warning them: You have the law, you see God in a pillar of, uh, of of fire and in a cloud of smoke every day, and yet you still don't understand. He reminds them that they came right to the edge of the promised land, and he himself failed God and was told, "You're not going to enter." He reminds them that they need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Understand that your God wants to be your, you to be their people and Him to be your God. He, warn, he tells them, "The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The reason I brought that in, and that is in Deuteronomy 29, 29, I hear over the last few days as we are, you know, talk about coronavirus, and one of the questions that I get is, why has God done this? Why is this happening this way? Uh, either coronavirus or just the very fact that we're all quarantined, we're doing this right now in a very strange and unusual way. I really struggle with the fact that, Uh, theologically speaking, the church is defined as the gathering of the saints in a particular area. That's what the local church is. So if we're not gathered together, how are we the church? So why, God, are you allowing this to happen? What Moses is telling his people is, is that God is God. Let the secret things belong to God. But the things that you know to do, do them If we could understand that, if we could get this lesson, this would do us so much good in our lives. There are things that we don't understand. The whys and the hows, so often in our lives, we get wrapped around a hub going, why is this happening the way it is, God? Why are you doing it this way? And what Moses is telling them is a primary tenet of Christian ethics and the way that we live our lives. I tell my kids all the time, it doesn't matter what everybody else does. You do what you're supposed to do. I remember the story uh, was read uh, of Corrie ten Boom. And her uh, family, if you aren't familiar with the story, uh, I, I would recommend to your reading the, uh, the Hiding Place, which is the book that she wrote. And she was a little girl who grew up in Nazi Germany. Uh, her father, who was a watchmaker, uh, um, a Christian, uh, decided that what they, as a family, were going to do would be to hide Jewish families in their home. And so, they uh, took the the potato cellar under the kitchen, and they they dug it out some more, and they put a trap door uh, in the middle of their kitchen floor, going down into it, and that is where they hid Jewish families. Uh, and Cory, as a as a Christian. Did not understand uh, what was going on fully, and that she was, was very concerned that if she was specifically asked, uh, do there, Are there any families here? that she couldn't lie. Her father uh, wisely said, Corey, you follow your conscience. You do what you think is best, and, and God will take care of the rest. Inevitably, uh, one day, her greatest fear occurred, and she was in the kitchen. Uh, German soldiers came into their home. everyone uh, in the community had had somebody had spilled the beans and the, these soldiers stormed into the house and they searched the house from end to end, uh, not finding anything over the the trap door, they had put a rug, and over that rug they had put their kitchen table. A German officer came up to Cory Timboom and point-blank got in her face and said, Are there any Jewish families here? And Corey struggled with her mind with what she would do, and she finally decided that she would trust God, and she was going to obey and tell the truth. And she said, Yes. The German soldier looked at her and said, Where? And she said, Under the kitchen table. Thinking that she had just... And her trust and faith had just consigned these Jewish families to death. The German soldier looked at her in anger, slapped her across the face and knocked her across the room and said, Girl, don't lie to me, and turned and stormed out of the house. Corey did what she felt like God was telling her to do, and God took care of the rest. What Moses is telling the people is, is you don't worry about all the details. You just do what I've commanded you to do. You obey me. I'll take care of the rest of the things. And so we don't worry about the secret things, the things that we can't understand. We simply do what God's called us to do, what God's asked us to do. So that's how Moses concludes that final third sermon. And then in the last chapters, we have the succession of leadership. Joshua being handed the reins from Moses. In Deuteronomy 31, we read, So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan River. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy those nations before you, so you shall dispose them. And Joshua will go over as your head, as the Lord has spoken. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to the fathers to give to them, and he shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. What a great command that this book is ended in as Moses in front of the people tells Joshua how to go do a difficult thing. Be strong and courageous. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. I don't think I could... Conclude this lesson on any better of a note. You, children of God, be strong and courageous. The Lord will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Father God, Lord, we pray that we take to heart the words of the book of Deuteronomy. Lord, we pray that we, uh, as your people in this world today, obey, follow, are strong and courageous. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Go serve your king.